expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront Panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Upfront program. Today, I'm Roger, here Monday through Friday. And uh, today is Wednesday. We have uh, a guest, and uh, we'll explain uh, who the guest is and why in a few seconds. Tomorrow, Chris Boulay joins us. Chris is um, our Thursday co-host, and he brings a whole different perspective to the program that I can't bring because I don't have a 401k, and I don't own, I don't think I own a stock. Do you own a lot of stocks, Steve? Um, I don't. No. no so join me. Yeah, I tried right. that once. So right. I don't like how it went. Okay. So that's why we have Chris Boulay on the show, because he knows a lot about that stuff. He'll be here tomorrow, and uh, he brings the, uh, the business perspective to our microphones. And uh, he's been at it a long, long time, so we're looking forward to that tomorrow. On Friday, we follow a little bit of a different format. We're in a political season. And so um, the first part of the program is always the same on Friday. We get a visit from Mr. Uh, Robert Martin. And I, uh, can, I go back with him when Bob was um, vice president of lending at Marquette Credit Union a million years ago. And uh, actually set up the, uh, the, the loan to buy WNRI back in 1983 or so. So, uh, so I've known Bob that long. And today... He's president of uh, Crossroads Real Estate, and that's on Park Avenue. And he does um, a real estate question of the week on Friday morning. Then we go into a paid segment for the rest of the um, political season. Candidate, um, well, he's not a candidate yet, uh, but he's announced. John Brian, he's the vice president of the council. He buys 15 minutes every Friday and updates his his campaign. And uh, I guess um, last week he had what they call a marathon sign-up for John Brian for Mayor campaign. I think they grabbed 177 signatures. Anyway, he'll explain that when he arrives here on Friday. 15-minute paid segment on the Friday program. And then we'll uh, do some open-line conversation for the rest of the show. That's the lineup for the rest of the week here on WNRI. Now, uh, today... uh, this is not paid. Uh, yesterday we had um, Mr. Bono drop by, and he talked a little bit about um, his uh, his issues. Looking at his uh, notes here that I, I made, he called himself a centrist, um, middle-of-the-road type of person. He talked about education funding reform and small business incubation. And um, so we had a little discussion about him Here's the, the situation in Woonsocket. We have uh, two state senators, uh, Senator Picard and Senator Murray. We have three state representatives, Representative Phillips and Representative Casey. The third rep is, is Mike Morin. He has decided not to run. So, therefore, District 49 seat, it is 49, right? Uh, it is, yeah. All right, uh, has opened up. And so uh, only a couple of candidates came forward. One was Vin Bono, businessman, and the other was... And is Steve Lima, businessman too, uh, business person. Anyway, they vote come forward and uh, providing that they get their signatures. How are you doing on signatures, sir? Are you going to have enough by Friday? Uh, oh, yeah. It won't all right. be a problem. Okay, won't be a problem. <laughs> all right. Um, and when they get the signatures, they get certified. And around the 15th or 16th of the month, Board of Canvases, they become official bona fide candidates. So today we have Steve Lemer on the air as an announced candidate, and uh, we're going to chat with him a little bit about um, about his reason for for doing this. So, Steve Lemer, thank you for um, stopping by at our invitation. Thank you for having me. So the name Steve Lemer. <laughs> um, yesterday, when we were uh, talking about you a little bit uh, informally, your name has come up a number of times uh, as you you've been a candidate before. You've been in city government. You've been in um, in development, uh, real estate development. Maybe uh, why don't you go back a little bit and just refresh our memory that this Steve Lima that's in the studio now was the same Steve Lima that was doing this 10 years ago and that five years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, um, about, uh, about 10 years ago, back in 2009, I, I ran for mayor. Um, it was Never ever really a, a big dream of mine to be a politician of any sort, but when you kind of see a need, I, I've always had the uh, 
the philosophy that if you know instead of complaining about it, just step up and do something instead. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how um, I, I got into this. And who were your way. candidates back then? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, you? yeah, back then I ran against uh, Melio Fontaine and Todd Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, who won? Uh, Leo Fontaine. Okay. Yeah. So uh, were you? Uh, did you say after uh, after that election, no more? Um, no, it wasn't, I think, a little bit. I mean, it's, it's not so much no more. It's just one of those things where you, you, I was involved heavily with a, a, a large development project that I was working in. And that just, uh, you know, took a lot of time and, and consumed me. Right after that election, I actually became the president of the Taxpayer Coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was asked to join that organization, and I joined that, and we kind of did some, some good things. We started getting the word out and raising money, but there was a little bit of internal... Um, I don't know, influx, if you will. So mm-hmm. that kind of, I, I left that just because I, I don't, it, I'm the type of person where it's, if it's not productive, it's it's kind of a big waste of time. Mm-hmm. So I like things that can move forward and keep things going um, in that realm. So, What about Steve Lima, the, the, the developer? I think I was in one of your buildings. I liked it. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've always had a dream to, to make, you know, my goal in 41 Socket has always been to give it a, a, a little bit better name or, or at least a connotation where people are like, oh, wow, that's really nice. I've been there. So back in 2000, I had owned the Burnin Mills, which is now today the Burnin Mills. Um, and uh, the goal was to make some high-end luxury condominiums that would, uh, you know, draw the Boston, uh, you know, crowd of people to come in and have a nice place to live. So we were building really higher-end luxury condos back then. So How did that project work out? Unfortunately, we hit the the, the, uh, the bust of 2008, mm-hmm. and uh, that ended up going not well at all. And fortunately, I was working with a great institution that uh, we were able to come to a mutual agreement, mm-hmm. and they uh, still have the property, and actually, it's people are still living in it, so... Yeah. How do you think a project like that would fly in this real estate market? Uh, same same building, uh, uh, same build out, and everything. Um. Yeah, the interesting thing is, I don't know how if, if condos are as big as they were back in the early two thousands. I mean, you know, it, it takes a huge uh, in housing increase to make condos become more desirable because that's the only thing that's affordable, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that we it was a good time. We just missed it just by a little bit. A lot of the stuff that made it tough for us was. Uh, we had environmental impacts on the site, which took years to, it, so the delays for years of cleaning up the site, you know, was a big hindrance to it for making it go forward at the time. Now, District uh, 49 is in the north end of uh, Fairmount region, and um, I don't know if this is the next uh, in the sequence of uh, where Steve Lima was at a given time, but you found a nice building uh, right along the Blackstone, and um, and you did something uh, with that. Uh, uh, this is... Uh, your residence, but you, you had a few ideas in mind for that building, too. Yeah, absolutely. So back when I was doing the condos, I actually needed another location for my business, FutureCom. Um, and so I found this other building on uh, Singleton Street, straight along the, the Cold Spring Park. And so I bought it for a warehouse more than anything. And then as I started to really look at the building, it had such great features, and it was never painted or anything on the inside. So I was like, this will make a great loft. So that's where I ended up building my house. And for our listeners, uh, when I was talking with um, Steve, he dropped by the house yesterday and signed his, I signed his papers. That building he's talking about can be easily recognizable by native Woonsocketers by identifying it as the uh, Jesties uh, outlet. And I remember selling advertising uh, to uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Elbine, I think. I don't know exactly what his name was. But anyway... Uh, he ran it. It was um, basically fabrics and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so you converted that building into residence. And you mentioned something called FutureCom. Yes. What, what is FutureCom? So and, I, and is FutureCom still around? It is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so I own a telecommunication company since 2000, oh, actually 1999, right at the end of the year, I had formed the company. So we've been um, a telecommunications company for over you know 20 years now. So... We do um, any type of uh, data networks, if you will, so we kind of branched out. We used to build cable systems, cable companies. That's how we started. And then we started getting into um, data networks and fiber optic networks and all those things that connect the world these days. So We're bringing our listeners up to date with uh, Steve Lima, and uh, we'll, uh, we're almost there. We're almost uh, <laughs> here. Uh, but um, then... Uh, we were sitting here in the uh, news department, and we were reading that Steve Lima then ends up uh, in city government. And uh, you were there a um, year and a half ago, maybe? Uh, I Two left years? in January uh-huh. All right. of this year. What would you do there? I was the acting director of planning mm-hmm. for the city. Um, 
the mayor and I had always had conversations that if I could help in any way, please let me know how. So she had first reached out and asked if I would be interested in being on the school committee. So a year before that, I actually joined the school committee when it was still an appointed uh, position. So I was on the school committee for a year, which gave me a lot of insight to how the school department runs and the things they need. So that was a good experience. And then uh, the city went back to an elected position for school committee, and um, I didn't run. So at that point, she asked me if I would be interested in filling in uh, for Joel Matthews, who had left. And um, so I said, sure, I think it'd be a great opportunity for me and the city. And um, so I guess that was quite a learning curve over there. Uh, is planning? Yeah, director of planning. Uh-huh. Yeah, ver- very much so. It's a great place. Um, I felt, honestly, that was probably the best position type for me because I'm a developer kind of feeling guy where I look at things and constantly think about ways to improve and work on. So we had a lot of great projects working on um, that we were doing and it gives me, like I said, a lot of insight to how, what the city needed and that's where I actually started to develop the idea of running for state rep. Mm-hmm. So I had even mentioned to the mayor back um, months and months ago, last year sometime, that if, you know, if if it came up, I would definitely run. You know, it would definitely be something I'd be interested in. Because if I was still with the city, it was really made sense because you get to see both ends. You get to see what the city needs firsthand, and then you can be the person representing it at the state house. And so here in um, July of 2020, uh, how does Steve Lima make a living? What do you do? Futurecom. Uh-huh. Yep. So I'm back doing Futurecom, um, just uh, doing day-to-day telecommunications work so you get uh engaged uh by companies uh to uh go build out projects correct uh, right? yep whatever their needs are as long as it uh, involves right. telecommunication sorts and so you you travel from you know wherever the job is oh, yeah. and do the job yep i've gone from bangor maine down to as far as you know the gate down i don't we don't travel further south much mm-hmm. we stay from new england up all right and so uh so so you uh you have employment and you're able to uh, fit in, uh, you know what a state representative is all about, uh, you, the time commitments and so forth. You're, you're good with that, right? Absolutely. If you're just joining us, we're doing the Upfront program. We're chatting with Steve Lima. And uh, so he um, sort of uh, gave us an introduction a few seconds ago that while he was in the uh, planning department as the acting planning director, um, he started thinking about running for uh, for state representative. Do, do you know the current state representative, Mr. Morin? And, I, uh, I do. And, and, yeah. um, and so you, do you know what the job is all about, do you think? Uh, um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot to learn. I, I, don't, I would never in, uh, pretend I know what's in and out of the job. But I certainly, the first thing I did when I decided to declare, I actually reached out to Representative Morin and just let him know. I thought it was the right thing to do. He's the outgoing rep. And uh, we had a long talk, and it went well. So... Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, I've, I have a, a few friends who have actually been in the General Assembly. Mm-hmm. and so. Do you think he's going to endorse you, or do you think he's going to try to stay out of the race and just let the, quote, best man win? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, it was a little early for me to ask for his endorsement, but I, I would imagine um, if we sit and chat and he'll understand my views are probably similar to his. Um, of course, I would like to work on anything that he had going. I don't want him to lose any momentum he had on things he was working on if I get in. So, yeah, you know, we'll see. One of the things about um, you, you worked in the, in the planning department, and uh, you're, you've been a private businessman most of your life. And so I, I always thought if I ever ran for public office, I'd probably be very frustrated because I like having an idea and then uh, being able to, like, carry it out that day. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the yeah. idea of not consulting anybody. Right. I just like uh, the idea of just moving forward. That's not the way it works in the General Assembly. You're going to be comfortable with that, Steve? Yep, absolutely. I, I think, you know, it's definitely one of those things that it keeps you pushing forward, and that's what you need. You need to, to be one of those folks that you don't give up just because it doesn't happen immediately, but it... it definitely is the fire that, that pushes me wanting to get things done and, and whatever it takes to get it done so you think you're a consensus builder as they say <laughs> um hopefully uh-huh so. all right uh he's with us uh today now, do you have um i know it's early in the campaign and uh, it's hard for any anybody to develop a, a platform and if, incidentally if you have a question for mr uh mr lima um you're welcome to Send it to upfront at WNRI.com or do anything else you can call in. He doesn't care. He, he wants to uh, make contact with voters. 
uh, so platform, uh, are there a couple of things that you would like to at least uh, concentrate on if uh, voters in District 49 bring you to uh, the state house? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big things that, again, when I was working in the city, I, I really got to see firsthand. I think everyone knows who just drives through the city, economic development is a huge issue. And so those are, that's one of the major issues I really want to work on is how to get the engine running again. And then, of course, working in the school department as a school committee member, I got to see how we certainly could use a revamp to the, the, the funding formula. So those are the two things that I think are really important right now on the, on the forefront of what I'm looking at. I want to talk a little bit about economic development. So I'm looking at one project. I'm just going to take one project uh, here in the city of Woonsocket that's um, going through, um, I, I guess, the, uh, the process. And that's a project at the corner of Diamond Hill Road and Social Street, uh, the Mann property. Uh, yep. The last name of the family was Mann. And you probably saw some of this come across your desk um, Absolutely. Uh, in the early stages. And so I just wanted to ask you about economic development. Uh, I've, asked, I've asked Scott Gibbs about this, too. How much e- each economic development does the city really have or is it really private developers that just uh, say uh, you know what i'm going to look at that property at the corner of social and diamond hill road i'm going to call directly the uh, owner of the property mr mann and um, and buy it from him and, and come up with my own plans where does a city's economic development director fit in into that or do they fit in at all well they do and typically if you if you had an economic development director it would make it much better um the city doesn't really have a full-time economic development director when i was the acting director of planning certainly part of my responsibility was to be part of that but it's it's a full-time job it really is it's it's somebody going out looking for people who want to come to the city and then trying to match them up with people who have property you know And, and it's not really a realtor per se but it's definitely a deal maker you have to be a type of person where you're out there hustling and really trying to bring it in. <clears throat> and then on top of that, there has to be incentives to make people want to come here. So I've always said Woonsocket's a great community, but the problem we're fighting is a tax base that's higher than all of our you know, surrounding communities. So we're, we're really fighting against a product that is a little different. So. so do developers actually look to see whether a city or town has an economic development director or somebody in planning to call? Um, do the, and do oh, yeah. they make that call? Yeah, absolutely. I... I talked to so many people when I was there. Um, we would get calls weekly, honestly, from people who would be interested in bringing, a, you know, whether it's a small business or whether it's a housing development or whether it's, um, you know, just a franchise company looking for certain size lots and volume count of cars, those things. So there's always, always people calling, you know, asking about what can, what can you fit it into. So I'm looking forward to seeing that project at, uh, at uh, Diamond Hill and Social Street. Uh, yeah. That's a big piece of land. Yeah, and it'll look good cleaned up, you know, mm-hmm. once it's finally developed. All so. right. Uh, this is um, economic development. Uh, that's one of the things uh, that you would like to uh, to focus on. So when you get to the State House, though, and you're sitting there, uh, I believe we have 75 reps uh, there, there, around there. Um, how does economic development uh, somehow uh, play out? From a from a state house uh, point of view, or from a state rep point of view, well, I, the biggest thing I think with, is at the state level is going to be the committees you get on. So the subcommittees that you're on certainly make a huge difference. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so obviously, I'd like to be in the the. I want to get in the committees that really focus on business. And so once we, that is where the ideas can come up. How do we make it easier? How do we lighten? You know, if we have any restrictions that are making it difficult, or if there's any kind of process we can look at that way, I think, is important. Um, I know Rep Morin, he had uh, sponsored the bill that was for the breweries. So that helped the brewery be able to come to Woonsocket. You know? So that's the kind of thing that um, you have to look at. What is the need and how can you help those business owners try to succeed? I'm going to ask you, before we get to education, uh, I'm going to ask you whether, uh, because I asked a question of the uh, other gentleman yesterday, are you um, a liberal? I love labeling people. It just makes it easier for me. Sure. Are you a conservative? Are you a progressive? Are you a moderate? Are you a Democrat? What, what are you? So, so I'm a registered Democrat, but I will say that I'm definitely a conservative Democrat. I'm not a progressive. I'm, I'm definitely on the conservative side. That's what I am. I'm a registered Democrat, but uh, I, 
tend to uh, be in the middle on some items and right. very conservative on, on other items. Yeah, it depends on the item. You know, I always look and I say it's not so much a party line for me as much as it is an ideal. Like, how does somebody, what ideas do they have and how does it help the greater good? You know, mm-hmm. and that's how you have to really look at it. <clears throat> I want to remind our listeners, you know, I was plugging uh, tomorrow's show with Chris Boulay. Um, and he's going to be here, naturally. But uh, so is Peter Narona, who is our uh, attorney general for the state of Rhode Island. And... Uh, um, I think that's going to be a call-in uh, guest appearance, which is just as good as in person. Um, well, not quite as good, but anyway, we'll be uh, chatting about um, civil unrest in Rhode Island. Now, we've had some civil unrest, but um, but compared to other states and other cities like Atlanta, Seattle, Portland, Oregon, places like that, Washington, um, we've... Uh, done fairly decent, um, fairly decent, but not perfect. Anyway, he'll chat with us tomorrow on the Upfront uh, program. Hope you can uh, join us then. Thank you, Chris, for reminding me about uh, about him. I'm going to play a commercial here. We'll get back to you in a moment. All right, Steve. The Roast House is open seven days a week and our hours are 11.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we're featuring outside dining and inside dining and, of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine or to place an order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700. And check our menu on the Internet for theroasthouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House, Farm Street, Blackstone. We welcome back old and new customers for inside and outside dining. And we were at the Roast House yesterday and enjoyed their luncheon menu at the Roast House and had, um, you know, uh, that sliced turkey on toasted bread with uh, gravy. And and then you get uh, your choice of uh, potato or coleslaw. We had French fries. Very nice. Nice dish. Uh, we are open for inside dining at the Roast House. And we're on Farm Street and Blackstone. We're in. Also, uh, Roosevelt Avenue in Pawtucket, if you're down that way, too. I've had a lunch there a few times. Two nice restaurants. Same owners, The Roast House. Farm Street, Blackstone. Open for lunch. Open for dinner. And try their mussels. They serve mussels three different ways. Portuguese style. And then um, regular. And then my favorite. I've never had them any other way. But uh, mussels fra diablo. Extremely spicy. Extremely good at the Roast House. Are you thinking about opening a business or expanding your existing business? Do you need a building to rent or purchase? Call one of the best commercial realtors around who has helped over 30 businesses start up or grow in our community. Contact Garrett Mensary at Gateway Realty who can help you find that place that works for you. His phone number is 401-651-1519 and start your search today. There's plenty of office, retail, manufacturing, industrial or vacant land properties out there on the market. And Garrett Mansuri can find it for you. His phone number again is 401-651-1519. So give him a call today. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and a Moscato. And yes, it's still two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyards of California. Quality wine. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light. 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs Liquors now offers in-store shopping. Come on in and browse around. You're welcomed. Social distancing observed at Champs Liquors. And remember, if you have a question, call us at 765-1800 and we'll cheerfully answer any question you have about beer, wine, and liquors. Champs Liquors for Keyway, Woonsocket.
There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Services are now available on Facebook or Skype on the Internet. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation, with services now available on Facebook and Skype. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Okay, uh, we're just spending about a half hour with... Um, which each of the candidates, uh, so we got a little more uh, time to uh, spend here. If you're just joining us, Steve Lima is in the studio with us, and he uh, will be, in a few days, a certified candidate for District 49 state representative seat. And, um, and so he could be your next state representative, replacing uh, Michael Morin, who decided, um, no, this is uh, enough for me. You can get burnt out. I don't know if he was burnt out, but I think he was. Well, we're going to find out, you know, because we're going to interview him. Going to call Mike up and bring him in and talk about uh, about why he's uh, calling it quits uh, right now and some of the things he's uh, learned. And uh, as uh, Steve was saying a little bit earlier in uh, his uh, remarks, Steve Lima, uh, it depends on the committees that you get on that um, that can fulfill the agenda that you want to fill. He's on um, House Finance, and uh, I can. That's one that takes a lot of time, but uh, certainly is a very important uh, important thing, especially if you're trying to get economic development funds uh, and also school funding funds uh, to um, to your city that you represent. He'll be with us, um, not in the next week, but I think um, the week after. I'm going to try to schedule him in. And we'll talk about um, being state representative. All right, back to uh, you. Are you here, Mr. Yeah, Lima? Yes, I am. All right, so we're uh, <laughs> chatting with you about uh, about uh, your uh, bid to uh, become state representative. The only uh, seat that's really uh, up for grabs looks like the other two guys have easy, um, easy going, Representative Phillips and Representative Casey, unless somebody wages some extremely successful write-in campaign, which I don't think is going to happen. So the other thing uh, that you you mentioned was uh, fair funding, and uh, you did spend a little bit of time uh, on that uh, school committee. And um, and so anyway, uh, first of all, how did you like, uh, you were appointed, right? I was. Yeah. So, um, so after all is said and done, uh, are you comfortable with the the appointed school committee or the old-fashioned elected school committee or doesn't make any difference? Um, I found that interesting. I thought that the appointed school committee has some benefits to it. Um, and then, of course, the elected school committee has benefits. So you have to kind of weigh them out. But it was good because it really gives – it becomes a one unit as the city and the school department, you know, and it, and it helps that way a little bit. Um, but then it, it can get difficult, as we saw, so with, with appointments. So, you know. You know, going to the state house. Uh, and saying, I'm from Woonsocket and we need more, uh, more funding for our schools. Well, there are state representatives um, like uh, Brian Newberry. <laughs> um, and he represents North Smithfield and the slice of Boroughville. And they don't get nearly the percentage of funding, North Smithfield public schools, from the state that Woonsocket does. So there are some unsympathetic ears over at the state house, a lot of them. That say we already give too much money to the city of Woonsocket. What's your argument to them? Sure. Um, well, you have to look at really the argument for a whole of why is the case that the way it is, and then at that point you have to just start to get creative. You know, I'm all about coming up with ways that make sense and looking at why does one one town get X and the other one get Y. Well, maybe because our demographics are completely different. Maybe it's because our you know, population's completely different. So you have to really take into consider everything that it, that goes into the Filipino. It's not just one thing. All right. So uh, you'll uh, be looking into um, school funding for the city of Woonsocket, more school funding for Woonsocket public schools, and um, more economic development. 
Uh, Rhode Island Commerce is our uh, so-called economic development, um, uh, shall we say, engine in the state of uh, state of Rhode Island. Have you ever had any dealings with them? I have. When Rhode was, Island Commerce. Yeah, yeah, when I was a director of planning, we've actually, you know, we have. Um, we get calls from them on a regular basis, you know, not regular like every day, but you know, probably one a month, asking if, hey, we have this this option. Some someone's looking for this certain amount of square footage and a building. Could you could you supply that? So there's always communication back and forth. It's you know they're definitely uh, looking in Woonsocket for opportunities. Does Woonsocket have uh, from your uh, short time uh, in planning? Um, do we have a lot of? I know we have a lot of empty buildings. A lot of mill buildings. I see them as I drive around. Do we have a lot of opportunity for development to co- come into the city? Um, and I especially look at that lot. And, and i got to ask you, why do you think uh, Hamlet Avenue, that big parcel there, with all that traffic mm-hmm. going by, why we haven't been able to move that property on to somebody who's not there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've actually talked to the owner of that property on numerous occasions. <clears throat> and we were looking at, you know, what are the possibilities, what we could do with that site. Um, sometimes people get scared off. There is actually an environmental <clears throat> excuse me, impact on the site. And it's waiting to get decided what the future use is going to be before they can figure out what the remediation process will be. So that tends to scare off people sometimes. I know a while back there was a, a very large type car wash facility that wanted to come in and looked to go into that spot. And as soon as they found out that there was that contamination on the site, they were, you know, they backed off right away. So sometimes that's, you know, the hindering piece of it. And just sometimes, you know, you can't get to agreement with the price. Is that soil contamination there? Um yeah, that, the mills that were there, you know, typically there's some sort of, of contamination. It's not like some, you know, it certainly isn't a Superfund site. That's not the case at all. Typically what all of the sites had, including Burnham Mills, that's what was one of the big delays when I was building, is it's called polyaromatic hydrocarbons, and that's PAH. And what happens is, is it's the ash from all the smokestacks back in the day. And now the levels that are in the ground are just higher than what the standards are for today's, you know, today's day and age. So you have to remediate that. And so that's usually a big bulk of what it is. But sometimes there are tanks in the ground, and that creates a little bit of an issue. But, you know, it's not a super fun site by any means. All right. In the last election cycle, when uh, Senator uh, Murray was uh, running for state senator, um, and, and the reason I'm bringing her name up is because I'm looking at an email that came in from a listener asking your position on a topic that you're going to say, uh, well, how come this is showing up at this st- stage? But anyway, during the last election cycle, mm-hmm. when she was uh, running, abortion was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't know if we settled all our abortion issues uh, here in Rhode Island. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I want to know where Mr. Lima stands on abortion. Does he think it's okay to kill babies like the rest of them? And why did he leave the planning department in City Hall? you got two questions okay, here. Yeah, two questions, right. yes. The abortion issue and why did you leave? Um, so, number one, the abortion issue. I think that's a very difficult situation to be. I don't agree just killing babies is the way to go. But in the same sense, there are some instances where I think medically it has to happen. And what I don't want to create ever in the world is where we have back room abortions. You know, So there has to be a legal middle ground when it makes sense. But I don't think that having late-term abortions is good or anything like that at all. So, um, And on the planning department, uh, I had left there just out of the differences of really fundamental differences of opinion on how management should work in, in, in City Hall. So the mayor and I just, you know, she has, she's the leader and she's in charge and that's how it works. And her and I kind of just came to a crossroads and I had told her I would be there for about a year and see how it went and then figured out after that it wasn't uh, the best fit. So, Did you have management style differences? We do. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. I hope that uh, satisfies your um, curiosity, caller. We're going to kind of uh, close out here. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough going door to door in this campaign. But let's make believe that you are knocking at somebody's door and you have about a minute. I open the door and uh, there's Steve Lemer in front of me. What would you say in about a minute's time to a resident of uh, District 49 who is a registered voter and who has a history of voting? What would you say to me in terms of... Uh, of voting for you? 
I would say that I've been in this city my entire life, and I've loved this city since I've been an adult, and I've been doing nothing but trying to figure out how to help along the way. So I'm hoping that I can get your vote because what I want to do is bring that same love and passion to the State House for the city and represent District 49 in the most positive way I can. And that's uh, basically your uh, your little speech to people? Yeah. I mean, yep. it's definitely one of those things to me. You have to have passion. I don't bring emotion to it, which is interesting. Um, it's not like I get emotional about things. I can have the most logical debate with anybody and have differences. But at the end of the day, you have to have passion to want to make something great again. Anything else you want to add? Uh, anything I didn't ask you that uh, maybe uh, you'd like to uh, tell the uh, listeners about? No, I think we're coming pretty good, Raj. Okay, good. Yep. Uh, because it's early yet. It's July, it so is. I kept it very general uh, today. As we uh, get closer, we have, you know, it, I think once we find out what our fiscal situation is in Rhode Island uh, in a few months from now, because I don't think it's going to be answered in, in a few days, I think a lot of de- depends on how much fiscal stimulus money comes in and from the federal government. And uh, also how many programs um, we want to keep, uh, whether we're going to furlough any Rhode Island employees. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, uh, so there's a lot uh, that could change. And so maybe in um, 90 days or so, we might have you back in here. And there's going to be a lot of uh, different types of things to Absolutely. talk about. Yep. Steve, thank you for uh, joining us here in the studio. And uh, uh, you can go back to work now. <laughs> <All right. laughs> thank you so much for having me. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. Steve Lima and wants to be your... Um, State Representative from District 49, one of three here in Woonsocket, in studio with us. We'll be back in a moment. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484-300-8495 for a free no-obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Yeah, did you have uh, some uh, damage uh, from those uh, incessant thunderstorms and rainstorms we had last week? Well, let me tell you, a lot of people did. A lot of damage, and um, Vern Rainville might be uh, the answer for you to make sure that uh, if uh, something that happened to you is an insurance claim, you might want to have the right representation. And the right representation is probably not yourself, but uh, somebody like Vern, who incidentally uh, has been in the construction business. He's built houses before he went into um, the business that he's in. And he knows when there's damage, what got damaged that you don't see that needs um, attention and repair. And you're covered under your insurance. Give uh, Vern a call. We often give his number here at the station to people who um, hear the ad, but they don't need his services. And then a couple of weeks later, who can I have that Vern Rainville number? Yeah, we'll, we'll give it out to you. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. All right, we're on 3rd Avenue uh, in the Fairmount District. District uh, is Representative District 49, incidentally. I don't know if that has any bearing on this commercial. It doesn't. Nice house, built in 2004, three bedrooms, two baths. And uh, Scott McGee would love to uh, show it to you. It's a raised ranch with a double uh, car garage, and uh, it's got a lot of bonus space and a beautiful backyard of woods with no one behind you for some privacy to entertain your guests. The home is in what we call the Cherry Hill District, 
of Woonsocket. That's a district within Fairmount. With easy access to 146 and 95 shopping centers. It's just a nice location, nice quiet location. Taxes uh, 53.93. Scott McGee would love to show you this property if you would like to see it. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Well, uh, the panel has reconvened. It's Roger and uh, Jeff. You know, Jeff, in talking with Vin Bono and and uh, Steve Lima, uh, we're talking about two very low-key candidates. So there's no excitement in the studio. Now, I'm not not criticizing them. I'm just saying they're not, they're not um, shall we say, um, uh, nervous, uh, nervous type of people. They're just sitting here, got a question, here's the answer. If it's too short, too bad. You know. Well, they're both uh, they're both very confident individuals, and, um, and I, I like confident people. They're going into a uh, uh, either Canada is going into a, if you will, proverbial lion's den. So you better be confident in yourself if you're going to be presenting at the general assembly. Uh, they are both uh, intelligent individuals. They're both seasoned enough uh, to have confidence in the words they speak, and they're both. Um, you know, on the surface of what we heard over the past two days, a gentleman. So it's going to be an interesting uh, time when they do get together in the same room for some sort of forum somewhere, being the only contested state delegate race we have. I'm sure that um, if not us, somebody will be presenting a forum. So watching the two of them uh, next to each other, maybe if a barb is thrown, you get a little bit of fireworks uh, because uh, both will uh, speak up to defend themselves or a position. So it may be until that moment that you get a little bit of heat in this uh, in this contested race. All right. Now, I have a question for you. Um, one of our listeners uh, sent a... Uh an email yesterday, and um, and basically uh, the the topic is um, the city council candidates. I had mentioned in the program that we're going to invite all the candidates on over the course of the election cycle, no matter who they are, mm-hmm. and um, and if they come, uh, you know, we'll interview them. But uh, this emailer uh, sent me some potential questions to ask, and I was going to roll them by you and ask you whether, in fact, these are the kinds of questions that, um, because you're a Woonsocket resident, you'll be voting for city council members, as I will, whether these are questions you want to know the answers to if um, you um, have a Woonsocket city council candidate in front of you. The caller suggests uh, this question to a council candidate. Do you belong to or have any affiliation with organized groups that promote civil or public protest? Is that a fair question for a council candidate? Oh, wow. There's a, a question of the growing times. Um, prior years, I would probably say no. Um, now, in theory, this listener is e- or emailer is either doing trying to do one of two things, weed out a progressive or find a progressive. I think that's usually where the crux of the question will will direct its, its tone to. Um, in the growing times of that we're in, it's relevant, but outside of this short, narrow period, I, I wouldn't think so. I'm going to give you three more questions in a row. <laughs> How's that for an answer? Yeah, or, or, right, politically, uh, find a conclusion. Uh, politically inconclusive. <laughs> here are the here are some of the other questions, and I'm just going to roll them out, and you can take e- any of them or or just say that they are in the same category. Um, do you support? Or agree with civil disobedience or those that promote and participate in civil disobedience to achieve a result? Do you believe that civil protests that might include acts of property destruction is acceptable? Do you believe that the United States of America and its founders, statues, and history should be cherished and respected? Do you reject violent and destructive actions as a means of achieving justice? Do you believe in support? Do you believe in and support local, state, and federal laws? And do you believe in and support local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies and their continued full funding? And so those are the questions. Now we have a clearer picture of the 
uh, likely intent of the caller is to weed out a progressive, I do believe, mm-hmm. as um, I believe uh, somebody seeking a progressive wouldn't have loaded the questions with the destructive uh, and vandalistic uh, tones to some of the questions. So anything dealing with the uh, destructive uh, type protest, I would throw away uh, because nobody in their right mind is going to say, yeah, go out and burn down the city. Uh, when they're running for office. How about the one, do you believe and support local, state, mm-hmm. and federal law, law enforcement, enforcement and their yeah. continued full yeah, yeah. funding? That, that is the lone relevant question. It's a very good question as we see selectmen and councilmen having to actually vote on the question of defunding um, a police department. So that is a very good question. It's a very relevant question to today's time. I find one of these other two questions, though, uh, questions that I might throw in there, uh, because it it tells you if the candidate, um, um, well, here's a question. Do you reject violent and destructive actions as a means of achieving justice? Mm -hmm. And there are some people out there that would say, yes, I do believe that violence is a way to uh, get um, get things done in the country. And then there would be a whole bunch of other candidates that would say... Um, oh, newspapers <laughs> arrived. <Yeah. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. What were we talking about? I don't know what we were talking about. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, uh, the question about violent oh. and, and destructive means of protesting, the old arguments that have been yeah. going on since uh-huh. MLK. And uh, some of the uh, the Panthers, yeah. uh, some of the Malcolm X's were calling for more I violence. think I'd like to know that of a um, candidate, because sure. I know if I asked that of Roger Gillette, uh, I'd say well, he's going to be a candidate. Roger, do you believe in violent and destructive actions as a means of achieving justice? I think I'd know his answer. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some other candidates out there. I don't know what their answer would be. So I may, um, I might, may throw that one in there. I don't know. But... Uh, but the the, uh, the police department ones and one to make a note on when we do get and it depends on the office uh, a state legislator or a city council candidate yeah and you know, I always tried to pose a question I've had to do come up with questions for so many forums Roger and ask yourself one one key point versus preferential opinion is it something that they're going to take a legislative vote on that would impact them during their term. And uh, that's the big key. So certainly defunding police departments could uh, likely uh, pop up in front of them. All it takes is one council person to present it. Thank you, emailer, for this. And they have more that they added to the email. Um, Item number eight, please list three resolutions or ordinances that you would like to introduce and pass during your tenure on the Woonsocket City Council. And number nine, how would you propose to lower the tax rate for residential and commercial properties? And number 10, what is the most significant or biggest issue now in the city? So I'm going um, to print these um, yeah, three, because they're good. Three common questions that have been used in forums and can be used at a forum any given year, any given time, mm-hmm. in any given race. All right. Well, thank you, um, caller, for yep. going through the trouble of putting out all uh, But I'm going to guess that that caller or emailer is a conservative-leaning voter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a speculative guess. Yeah, I think I know who the uh, caller is, but I really don't know um, because uh, the issues that we've talked to him on were not uh, political. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they were more uh, uh, on a, you know, a committee that he's uh, involved with. But anyway, still, well, we appreciate uh, you uh, sending us uh, that, and we'll print it out, and, and we're going to invite the, the candidates here and Hey, if you sent it to us, we'll throw a few of those questions uh, your way on that one. But always ask yourself that question. Is the person I'm asking the question going to take a vote or action on this issue? For for example, I've had people want to know a city councilman's view on abortions. Well, they're not really going to be taking votes on the city council Mm -hmm. to deal with anything with abortions. So it's an irrelevant question. Maybe relevant to a person, Mm -hmm. uh, personal conversation, but to their elected office, they always want to make sure it's a relevant question to the office. And a question on abortion did show up this morning during our interview with Mm -hmm. Steve Lima. And, of course, that would be a relevant question for a state representative as it was uh, an issue in the last election cycle. Uh, It was. um, I remember the Senate 24, I believe, uh, district. We had Melissa Murray and um, and, uh, and her two uh, opponents, uh, Greg, uh, Glenn Dusablon and uh, Richard Garropy, 
Uh, and that was a question asked here in the studio on that forum. And we had one uh, pro-choice and two pro-lifes, and the pro-choice was elected. So, yeah, if you're running for a state senate, obviously a congressional seat against Mussolini or a federal uh, a senate seat, a very relevant question. School committee and city council, even mayoral, not so much. Anything uh, to uh, promote before we... Uh, uh disband this program. Yeah, uh, I was in the other room working on the Music Memories sing-along for tomorrow. I got a lot of nice calls after the 4th of July edition. I also received calls asking about the Sunday replay. We replayed the Sunday uh, 4th of July uh, sing-along because it was 4th of July weekend. Yeah. No, the sing-along is not going to re- be replayed on Sunday morning. It's a Thursday morning only program, 10.05 a.m. And uh, I was already uh, putting together that song list for tomorrow, so join us for that. All right, thank you. And uh, and sponsored by American Beauty Signworks and re-upping is our friend at San Diego Sunday, remaining part of the sing-along. All right, thank Very you pleased. for being here, uh, Jeff, and thank you, Steve Lima, for uh, your participation. We'll see you tomorrow. Peter Narona, Rhode Island's Attorney General, our guest on the Upfront program. Until then, bye-bye, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m., Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Trump says his administration will be putting pressure on governors nationwide to reopen K-12 schools this fall, despite the continuing pandemic. Everybody wants it. The moms want it. The dads want it. The kids want it. It's time to do it. Speaking yesterday at the White House, the president said he doesn't want governors to keep schools closed for political reasons. And in his remarks, Vice President Mike Pence said there's no substitute for in-class learning. The United States is officially out of the World Health Organization. In the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, President Trump had announced in May that the U.S. would be terminating its partnership. He said the WHO had failed to make the requested and greatly needed reforms he's been calling for. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Phase one, phase two, phase three may mean very little to you unless you're in the restaurant business, but it's been a big deal for us at Kay's Restaurant as each phase limited our ability to serve and see you. But here in the month of July, we're up to 66% capacity inside, and we've developed a beautiful outside dining area, too. So what's your pleasure this month? Inside dining? Outside dining? Or just old-fashioned takeout? We're ready to serve you at K's. And the newly remodeled Lodge Pub in Lincoln is now serving customers inside and out. You know, there are a lot of great dining experiences here in the Woonsocket area. But we hope you'll come to see us soon at K's, 1013 Cass Avenue. Call 762-9675 to make a reservation or place a takeout order. What's popular now? Mozzarella Capri Salad, Sid, Ahi Tuna, and Caesar Salad with Homemade Caesar Dressing.